Hey everyone, welcome in to episode five of the My Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Sam and I'm joined with Matt and Ian and we're here today to talk to you guys about fantasy football. We are one day away from the NFL season starting, one sleep as the NFL Fantasy Twitter account said, one sleep away. Uh, I know I'm excited. How are you guys feeling? Man, I couldn't be more excited. I'm just ready to see some guys out there hitting each other and scoring some touchdowns. Yeah, it's been a long off season. Very excited for tomorrow night. I might not sleep tonight. Um, so, yeah, could just be doing a little 24-hour bender before tomorrow, but we'll see. <laughs> it's like Christmas Day tomorrow. Man. Uh, hey, well, we're on episode five today. We're going to have a little bit of an either-or segment later in the episode, and then we'll do some rapid-fire week one picks to close out the episode. Uh, but let's start. And let's let the let the listeners know that on Monday was it Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. Monday we did our first annual My Fantasy Football Podcast and Friends League. We had our draft, um, and let's just do, let's just inform the people about our, our drafts. Uh, a couple, you guys had a little interesting strategy, something y'all haven't done, or at least that's what I understand. Y'all haven't done the, what y'all did in our draft, right? Yeah, I went with a little zero running back strategy. It's a super flex league, so you. Used my first two picks on quarterbacks, so I ended up with Mahomes and Kyler Murray. Um, so I feel like I am stacked at quarterback, which kind of gives me a little bit of an advantage over the rest of the league. And then I went wide receiver heavy for my next three picks. Um, Galladay, Ridley, and DJ Chark, three players who I am really high on this season. Um, then I ended up with Antonio Gibson and Mark Ingram as my starting running backs. Obviously, that is going to be my weakness. I'm going to have to patch together um, some production at running back, but I think the rest of my team is good enough to kind of carry me, um, to kind of carry that weakness. So excited about it. Uh, first time really doing zero RB, so it'll be an interesting, I will have an interesting job um, managing this team throughout the season, but I'm excited for it. Should be a good challenge. What about you, Ian? Yeah, um, I do. A, I did a strategy I actually do a lot, but I haven't done in many Superflex leagues this year. I did kind of a hybrid zero running back where I get one really good one and then just avoid the position for a while. So I picked out of the 11 spot, and I ended up with Lamar Jackson and Miles Sanders uh, in those two picks. And my next time around, I ended up with Robert Woods and Russell Wilson, and I filled out that starting lineup with DK Metcalf and Tyler Higbee. Um, I have a bunch of iffy running backs after that. I have James White, Chase Edmonds, James Robinson, A.J. Dillon, and I have J.K. Dobbins, who I'm really excited about this year. Um, but I'll be playing the wire hard and seeing how I can fill in just that one spot each week since I know I'll have that constant production with Miles Sanders. Um, feels fantastic about having Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. I think in a lot of non-professional leagues, people are still a little scared to pick quarterbacks early in the Superflex. Um, and I couldn't be more excited to end up with two studs because – this is one of the first super flexes where I felt like I walked out with like two top five quarterbacks in a long time. Yeah. And uh, I did the complete opposite. I did not walk out with two top five quarterbacks and I'm terrified about it. <clears throat> I mean, I went in pretty similar to every other draft I got in just trying to take the best player I believe is available. And I, I got stuck with the second pick, which is my least favorite pick this year. I hate drafting in the second spot. So I took Saquon, but my starting lineup is I got Brady and I got Saquon and Jonathan Taylor then I have DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Blake Jarwin at tight end, Marvin Jones at the flex. My super flex is Phillip Rivers for week one because that matchup is ridiculous. Then I've got the Titans defense. And then my bench, 
I feel like my bench is pretty pretty deep, honestly. I've got Tariq Cohen, Leonard Fournette, and Daryl Williams uh, running back on my bench. And then I've got Sterling Shepard, Mike Williams, and Latavius Murray as well on my bench. So I just kind of went in, same thing that I always do, just taking the best value available. Um, but that meant that I took a sacrifice at quarterback. So I'm hoping that the uh, the 60-year-olds come out well for me and Phil Rivers and Tom Brady. So we'll see what happens there. I will say, if you look at ESPN projections, y'all play each other week one. Ian is out projecting you, Sam, by five points. Um, Ooh, that's so, oh, ESPN man. projections do think that Ian is better than Sam. Well, if we know they're anything right. about ESPN projections, and what we've seen on Twitter is that they're trash. So <laughs> you should be scared, Ian. <laughs> yeah, I think they're trash because the prediction isn't wide enough in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. You have Lamar and Russell Wilson. Hashtag let <laughs> Russ cook, I guess. Let Russ cook, baby. Hey, well, let's uh, let's jump right into some Q&A. Uh, I know I had a couple of questions. I had to pick and choose. It was the first time I've had a, that many questions where I've had to pick the good ones. Um, so thank you all for submitting questions. But did you guys have any questions as well? Uh, yeah, I had one guy ask me. Uh, he planned on running with Clyde Edwards-Solaire as his eighth overall pick in a draft. And he wanted to know who between Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, uh, would be the best pick for the next round. Um, and so I just sort of told him I'm all in on Josh Jacobs relative to Austin Eckler in the second round. Um, I'm not one of those people that will pick Josh Jacobs in the back of the first. But uh, early mid-second, I think it's a good time for him. Uh, he's going to get a ton of running game. That offense is on the ups. Uh, he doesn't have the receiving prowess floor, I would say, of Austin Eckler. Uh, but as a whole, I think you have a lot more upside in Josh Jacobs than you do Austin Eckler. And after stacking with Miles Sanders, you're off to a fantastic start. You can leave that position for the next, like, eight, nine rounds if you want. Yeah. Yeah, I would also have chosen Josh Jacobs in that spot. Um, I think Josh Jacobs just has a higher floor in general than Austin Eckler going into the season. Austin Eckler obviously was great last year. Um, but a lot of his greatness came from his connection with Philip Rivers. And I just, we, I, I'm not sold on Austin. I'm not going to be sold on Austin Eckler until I see a couple of games with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Um, Josh Jacobs, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 20 touches a game. You're going to get a handful of receptions. He's playing behind a good offensive line. Um, yeah, I have Jacobs ranked higher than Eckler in my preseason rankings. Um, so yeah, that's good. I, that's the pick I would have made too, Ian. I'm right there with you guys. I've got Josh Jacobs at my RB5 on the year, so I'm going Josh Jacobs every single time. Uh, I'm a big believer in Josh Jacobs. I'm not high on Austin Eckler at all, uh, so I'm right there with you guys for all the reasons y'all already said. Can we confirm this guy took Jacobs over Eckler? If he didn't, I feel bad for him. Yeah. He did take He did take Jacobs. He hit me up, and he was also considering Nick Chubb, and I said, stay away, stay away. And he <laughs> went with Josh Jacobs and ended up with a fantastic team. Good yeah, man. Happy for him. How about you, Matt? Do you have any questions? Uh, I did not have any questions. I do see one um, that you got that I'm interested in hearing what y'all think. Um, Starter start sit in half PPR, J.K. Dobbins or Jordan Howard? Mm. What do you guys think about that one? I am going to go J.K. Dobbins. Um, I understand that Jordan Howard is a super safe, uh, medium-to-high medium floor running back who's going to get the touches – um, but I, it's just gross to me. I, I don't like I don't like those type of running backs that don't have a ton of upside. And Jordan Howard has kind of always been one of those guys, just didn't have a lot of upside. 
and, and Dobbins is the complete opposite in the position that he's in right now. He has a ton of upside. I mean, literally anything can happen to Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins immediately becomes a potential top 15, maybe top 10 running back in the league. And we don't know when he's either just going to naturally take over that job at the Ravens or if Mark Ingram gets hurt. Uh, hopefully he doesn't because we don't want to wish injury on anyone, obviously. But uh, it could happen week one. It could happen week two. But I, I'm going to go with starting J.K. Dobbins but I keep, because I think even if Mark Ingram can, continues to have that role at the Ravens, uh, there's still so much rushing work in that offense that J.K. Dobbins is going to get his, and he's going to get some touches. And they drafted him at his position pretty high in the second round for a reason. Uh, so I think he's going to get a pretty pretty good share of rushes in that offense. Yeah, I agree. Um, on Monday, I said that Derek Carr was the ginger ale of quarterbacks. I would say that Jordan <laughs> Howard is the ginger ale of running backs. Um, you know, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a decent game. Nothing incredible from Jordan Howard. Um, I love the upside of J.K. Dobbins. I think game script-wise, the Ravens could get out to a fast start against the Browns, and Dobbins will see some extra work on the ground. Um, but with it being half PPR, I think Dobbins has a higher ceiling when it comes to receptions than Jordan Howard as well. Um, so even if they're pretty similarly ranked for me, I think the ceiling that Dobbins has as a receiver would make me start him over Jordan Howard this week. Yeah, if you heard Monday... J.K. Dobbins is actually one of my starts of the week at running back. Um, I love his matchup this week. I love the high-powered offense. I think they have a chance to really blow the roof off. Um, it did give me a little pause that he was listed fourth on the initial Ravens depth chart this week. Um, that did make me feel a little weird, especially because they did have some other rookies at uh, starting positions. So I don't feel like it's one of those make-the-rook-earn-it type of things. Um so that did give me a little pause, but I think his big playability still blows the water out of the fact that Jordan Howard is facing a team that was uh, 31st in rushing points allowed to run out or fantasy points allowed to running backs last year in the New England Patriots this week. He has zero receiving upside. Uh, they have a very patchwork offensive line. They have some upside coming, but they're going to struggle to keep people out of their backfield this week. Um I'm a little less high on J.K. Dobbins than I was before, but I still take his chance of just coming in no matter what and getting a big player too over Jordan Howard's gross, gross matchup this week. I know they're all on the same page on that one. If, if any of us said Jordan Howard, I think I would have been very upset. So <laughs> J.K. Dobbins, there's the answer. Start J.K. Yeah. Dobbins instead of Jordan Howard. Start disagreeing a little more. There's not enough animosity between the three of us yet. Yeah, I think so too. I'll uh, I'll purposely play devil's advocate on the next question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The next one's pretty. Uh, the next one is says with lack of fans this year because of coronavirus, do we think that offenses are going to be putting up more points on the road? I... I don't know about lack of offenses, but I do know kind of the most comparable season we have to this season is the lockout shortened off season uh, right before the 2012 season, and I know week one of that season. The over went 12-4 and four week one. Um, offenses were much more ready than defenses. Uh, hitting hadn't been as prevalent. I know a lot of camps haven't been hitting, and I think there's going to be some track meets these first couple weeks while defenses reacclimate to the pace of the game. 
Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, Ian. Um, I actually had that stat written down and was going to say that. But yeah, I don't know what the lack of fans is going to do. Um, I mean, it will be easier for offenses to communicate. Um, you know, there will probably be less false starts from crowd noise. There will probably be more audibles and quarterbacks will have an easier time, um, you know, reading defenses and communicating with their receivers and linemen. Um I don't know. I, I think it'll be, it's hard to tell. I mean, I don't think there, it was a huge uptake in offense in Los Angeles when teams played the chargers last year. Um, you know, they were <laughs> notorious for not having a ton of fans, but yeah, I think talent is going to shine more than anything else. And if you have a talented defense, you will still be able to shut down opposing offenses, regardless of there being fans in the stands or not. Yeah. Momentum's yeah. going to be weird. There's just, no fans, so will we see less blowouts because teams will feel weird running up the score? I don't, I don't know. It'll be weird. Yeah, I, I personally think that the lack of fans is going to have a big, a big impact on the momentum, like you said. But also, I just don't think that the home field advantage is going to be nearly the same. Um, so I think it, I think we'll see a really, really offensive year. I know I've talked about it in past podcast episodes with and without you guys, um, but specifically at the wide receiver position. Uh, last year was a very, very down wide receiver year. Chris Godwin finished at 276 points in PPR leagues. And any other year, that if we averaged it out all the past years, he would have finished around the 7 to 10 range. Uh, so I think that we're going to see a lot of offense this year, a big improvement in running backs and wide receivers from last year. And I think I think a lack of fans will have a little bit to do with it. Um, but that's what I think. Let's move on to – go ahead. I was like, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. And I know some stadiums are doing like 6,000 fans in like a month or something like that, some small number. That'll be so funny to watch people spaced out like 40 feet from each other watching a football game. I just need to figure out how to get my cardboard cut out in every stadium in the NFL. <laughs> that would be great. Our last question uh, is start, sit, start one, sit one, cut one. Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Big Ben. So this, the, the 360-year-olds of the league. Start one, sit one, cut one. Yeah, I'll I'll go first. I'll start Big Ben. You guys are gonna disagree with this. Sit Rivers and cut Brady. Oh um, my gosh. For week one. For week one. So, Roethlisberger, we talked about it on Monday. He the last season he was healthy, he put up a monster year, um, and I'm expecting something similar this year. At, like I mean, we said on Monday, at least eighty percent of that. Week one, they're playing. The Steelers are playing the Giants on Monday night. Um, not expecting a ton out of the Giants defense. Roethlisberger has solid weapons on the outside, um, and I could see him going for 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns against the Giants on Monday night. Um, Rivers, kind of a similar situation. Moved to the Colts, has a great offensive line protecting him. He has some solid playmakers. I love T.Y. Hilton this year. Big fan of Paris Campbell. We were talking about that before we hit record. Um, and they're playing against the Jaguars, who are – their defense is going to hemorrhage points this year. I mean, they have traded every single starter on their defense from the AFC Championship a couple of years ago. Um, I have no idea who plays defense for the Jaguars anymore. I really don't. Um, and I think Rivers will carve them up in week one. Yeah, Brady going to the Superdome. There's no fans, but he's still playing on the road. Mike Evans might not be playing. Um, Evans and Godwin are a great receiving combo, but if one of them is missing, then there's going to be a bunch of unproven guys catching passes from Brady. Um, again, said this on Monday, not a big fan of Gronk going into the season. 
So yeah, week one, starting Big Ben, sitting Rivers, cutting Brady. Season long, it's not the same, but that's what I'm looking for, week one. Ian, what about you? I think this is gross kind of all the way around. <laughs> I don't think Phil Rivers is good enough anymore, but he has a great matchup this week. Uh, Big Ben has weirdly awful home road splits when he's on the road this week against New York. Uh, maybe the lack of fans will help him. Who knows? Uh, Tom Brady, new offense for the first time in forever. He's a consummate pro. Uh, I think they have a fantastic team around him. I think if you, if you had to make me choose, I would uh, start Brady, sit, Big Ben, cut Rivers, even though Rivers has the best matchup. Uh, but that's just because I don't think he has uh, the talent per se anymore. But we'll see. Uh, honestly, if you could avoid all three, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I don't know if um, Mike, when he asked this question, if he was asking for full season or week one. So I'll answer from the full season perspective, at least what I think. And for the full season perspective, I'm cutting Philip Rivers 100%. Um, I'm going to sit Big Ben and I'm going to start Brady. Um, I, I believe I believe in Brady. I believe in that offense. Uh, I think they're, he has the best weapons around him out of these three guys. Um, I've got Brady in my top ten. Um, I think Big Ben can have a bounce-back season. So if you're, if you're looking for full season advice, there are going to be some matchups where it's going to be easier to start Big Ben over Brady. So uh, start Brady, sit Big Ben, cut Rivers for the full season. If it's just week one, I'm starting Rivers, and I'm cutting Big Ben, and I'm sitting Brady. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Long-term, Rivers is definitely a, a good two tiers behind the rest of those guys for a season yeah. long. 100%. Hey, well, let's jump straight in to our either-or segment. In this segment, we're going to assess two players in the similar position this week and give our opinions on who we should start and why. Uh, before we start, I'm going to go over a quick little reference word. We're going to say ECR a couple times. And when we say ECR, that stands for Expert Consensus Rankings. If you go to fantasypros.com and you look at their week one rankings, they rank them by what all of the professional fantasy analysts kind of in the entire industry have submitted, and they take the average placement for all the players and place them in their average. So let's say Tom Brady is ranked at 10 by one guy. He's ranked at 5 by another guy. His ECR would be 7.5. Obviously, it's way more complex than that because there's over 100 analysts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but when we say ECR, that's what we're referring to is kind of the expert consensus ranking. Um, so this is our either-or segment. We, I think we'll have some pretty fun discussions, some pretty funny disagreements as well. So let's get right into it. We're going to start at the quarterback position. Number one, they're playing against each other. We were just talking about them. Drew Brees versus Tom Brady. Drew Brees is home against Tom Brady. Tom Brady's gone on the road to the Superdome, like Matt said. Uh, Drew Brees is at ECR number six, and Tom Brady is at ECR 12 on the week. Ian, why don't you start us off? What do you think, Drew Brees or Tom Brady, either or? Uh, give me Drew Brees this week. I have Drew Brees ranked as my 11th quarterback this week, which is probably a little lower than uh, most people would think based off ECR. Um, and I have Tom Brady as my 14th quarterback this week. Uh, Tampa Bay has a stout front seven. But their back end of their defense is still suspect. They gave up somewhere around like the eighth or ninth most points to quarterbacks last season uh, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Drew Brees is in the offense he's been in. He has some pieces he's been working with for a while. Um, I will take Drew Brees week one. Matt, what about you? 
Yeah, also going for going with Drew Brees, I do have them back-to-back in my week one rankings. I got Brees at 12 and Brady at 13. I just think early on in, in the season, you know, it was a shortened off season, um, no preseason games, continuity is going to win out in the first couple of weeks. And I, I mean, the Saints are bringing back the same exact offense they had last year. They're just adding um, Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver. You know, Brees averages 140 more yards per game at home last season. Brees threw seven more touchdowns at home than on the road last season. And Brady might be missing Evans in week one. Um, if Evans is playing, it seems like he'll be banged up and hamstring injuries are always um, fickle. So, yeah, give me Drew Brees in week one over Tom Brady. All right. I just updated my rankings. I had Drew Brees at four for the week and Tom Brady at five back to back. But I switched them. I got Tom Brady at four, Drew Brees at five. Uh, I think everything else said is true. I think that, I mean, it's not its not that I think. I mean, we know Drew Brees was better at home last year than he was on the road. Uh, but I'm kind of going to go back to what we were talking about earlier. I don't think home and road splits are going to be nearly as, as wide of a margin as they were in the past years just because there's not going to be fans. I don't think it's going to be that as big of a deal as it has in the past. And I see major, major regression coming for the Saints this year in Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Both Drew Brees had his highest touchdown percentage of his career last year, 7.1%. I see that coming down a lot. Uh, and I see Tom, I really do see Tom Brady succeeding really, really well in this offense. And I see them starting off quick. Um, so I got Tom Brady over Drew Brees this week at number four and Drew Brees at five. I also think this is one of the highest scoring games of the week. Um, I'm not really worried about either of their defenses. I think it's, they're just going to come out firing. It's going to be, a great, great game to watch, and I'm excited, excited to watch this game. It's definitely the number one game I want to watch, uh, Buccaneers at Saints. So I got Tom Brady over Drew Brees this week. Man, I I don't hate your points, but just something in my gut, I don't want to trust Tom Brady this year. He, everything should prove me wrong, and the Bucks are probably going to win the Super Bowl, but I'm just worried about Tom Brady's arm falling off. I don't know. I, I need to say I'm equally as worried about Drew Brees as I am about Tom Brady. True. I mean, the track record of 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks is not great, and I just think at any point either of these guys could lose it. Um, so, yeah, I have them pretty low in my season-long rankings. Um, and, again, I even have them fairly low in week one compared to the, the experts. But Yeah, and that's, I, if you actually look at Drew Brees' stats, his first half of the season versus second half of the season stats the last two years – as he's really started to show a little bit of age, um, even with his really high touchdown uh, percentage last year, he really falls off the second half of the season. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of his arm. Just It's starting to get tired. Uh, he can't work it as hard as he used to. That's why they throw slant and a half every route to Michael Thomas. But, yeah, and if we know anything, it's that Tom Brady's stupendous diet is just going to hold him up for way longer than Drew Brees ever will, right? <laughs> Sam has stock in TB12 on his Robinhood account. This is uh this is false. I think it's a private <laughs> company, so I can't I can't buy shares of TB12. But I would, I'd buy shares of Tom Brady's fantasy stock this year, and that's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's go on to running backs. Another interesting one. They are back to back in ECR at 22 and 23. We got Le'Veon Bell at ECR 22 versus Jonathan Taylor at ECR 23. Matt, why don't you start us off this time? Yeah, uh, I know both of you guys are really high on Jonathan Taylor's season long. Um, I'm a little lower than y'all, so I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell this week. 
I think the Jets will be playing from behind against the Bills, which really raises Le'Veon Bell's uh, floor because um, he is a kind of running back that catches a lot of passes. Um, he does have a low ceiling. I don't see him running for a ton of yards against the Bills. Their run defense is a little more susceptible against, or a little more susceptible, sus- susceptible than their pass defense, or at least it was in 2019. Um, but yeah, I think Le'Veon Bell is guaranteed 15 plus touches. He saw 20.7 per game last year, um, and I'm just I'm not sold on Jonathan Taylor's workload. I'm not sold on what it's going to be in Week One. Um, I for rookie running backs this season, I'm kind of going to stay away from starting them in my lineup until we get a couple weeks of data. Um, again, no preseason, short and off season. I don't know what rookie running backs are going to look like. I have no frame of reference for the workload that Jonathan Taylor is going to see. So give me Bell this week. I have him ranked to RB14. I have Jonathan Taylor ranked to RB18. Um, if Taylor gets the workload that some people are projecting him to get, then he could fly past that in a plus matchup against the Jaguars. But I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to take the guaranteed workload from Bell. Again, lower ceiling, but a higher floor. Um, I think I know I'm going to get with Levy and Bell. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be similar to Jamison Crowder like we talked about on Monday. But yeah, give me Levy and Bell in week one. Man, I... I should probably say Le'Veon Bell, but I am all on the Jonathan Taylor hype train this year. Uh, they played Jacksonville week one. Jacksonville gave up the most fantasy points to running backs last season by a good margin, including giving up 130 more fantasy points on the season uh, to running backs than the Bills did. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has a rough matchup. Their offensive line is suspect. I think they're going to get eaten up. Jonathan Taylor might not get the touches, but he might not even need – he might need – significantly fewer touches than Le'Veon Bell to do just as much damage. I think Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor could have a fine week uh, based off of how porous Jacksonville's deep, already porous defense has become. Uh, any player worth noting on that defense has been traded away, released, signed somewhere else. Um, I think they'll be playing from so far ahead in Indianapolis that Jonathan Taylor, even if he isn't the starter, will get plenty of run this week. And I'm going to bet on that. Out of the gate, I'd rather be Proactive than reactive with Jonathan Taylor just because of the ridiculous amount of work he saw in college. Uh, over 2,000 all-purpose yards three years in a row, I believe, something like that. Uh, that man has seen every hole that could be thrown at him. Not the quite the same size guys with NFL and everything, but I think that man's got plenty of tread and stuff that they can trust him week one. I am right there with you, Ian. I have, I actually have him back to back in my rankings for week one as well at 14 and 15, but I got Jonathan Taylor at 14. Um, I, I think that, I, I kind of agree with you. I think we should probably choose Le'Veon Bell if we want to be safe, but I think there's just such, such a such a high possibility that Jonathan Taylor breaks a run, breaks a 50 yard touchdown run or or more. Uh, the, I would be willing to bet on that. I think, uh, and because of that. Along with the late game workload, he'll probably get. I'm going Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, Le'Veon Bell's just gross to me. He's always been, well, not always been when he was at the Steelers, obviously, but since he's been at the Jets, he's been gross. I don't like it. Uh, I don't want Le'Veon Bell in any leagues. I don't want him in Week One. Yeah, I need to say I don't want Le'Veon Bell in any leagues either, and I do think that Jonathan Taylor is a good DFS play, kind of for what you just said, Sam. He definitely could pop for a huge play. Um, he has a much higher big play potential than Le'Veon Bell has. Um, mm-hmm. But it's season long. If you have Bell at your RB2, at your if you're trying to decide between an RB2 or a flex, 
Um, you know what you're looking for. My thought process is if you need a player with a high floor and a low ceiling, um, someone just give you a guaranteed 10 to 15 points in your lineup, go with Bell. Um, if you're looking for a flex, you can boom and go for 15 to 20 points um, on the back of a couple of long runs, go with Taylor. Um, but I'm looking at a safe perspective, and I'm going with Bell this week. That's okay. why I'm going with Bell this week. I don't know how many fantasy points are going to be left over when Jameson Crowder has 400 fantasy points this week. Le'Veon Bell's not going to touch On the back yeah, of eight, yeah, 800 well, catches. Yeah, Andy, we need to talk about this whole Jameson Crowder thing. I, I don't know what... Is Jameson Crowder like paying you to like gas him up on this podcast or something? Have you guys been in contact? Maybe. I'm not at least sure to disclose to disclose that information at the moment, <laughs> but sign Jameson Crowder to any of your fantasy teams you can. Awesome. Hey, I I think I'm gonna audible because I'm pretty sure for the one we have written down, Marquise Brown versus Devontae Parker. Um I th- I'm pretty sure all three of us are on the same boat. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so. So I'm going to audible us real quick off of the person we just said, Jamison Crowder. Let's go either or, Jamison Crowder or Deontay Johnson. Jamison Crowder is at ECR 40. Deontay Johnson is at ECR 38. Oof, man. Uh, I, I, he was my, I'm pretty sure he was my start of the week on Monday, but it's got to be Deontay Johnson for me. Um, yeah. Like I said, on Monday – Roethlisberger has shown the ability that he can support two wide receiver ones or wide receiver one and wide receiver two on his offense. Um, I even saw, give me two seconds while I look up this tweet today, but everything I'm reading, everything I've read from Steelers camp is that Deontay Johnson is going to be an absolute star. Um, Quote from Ben Roethlisberger today about Deontay Johnson. I'm looking forward to getting out in an actual game field with him. I think the sky's the limit in terms of actual talent with that guy. He's fast. He's quick. He can get open. He's got great hands. Um, I'm kind of going to go with the opposite thought of what I did with Bell versus Taylor, but I think Deontay Johnson's ceiling is through the roof. Um, the ceiling is the roof if Michael Jordan were to be mm. talking about Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Amen. Um, they're playing a really bad Giants defense. Um I think Deontay Johnson is going to see double-digit targets, um, and he has the opportunity to just pop this week. So give me Deontay Johnson. I I'm right there with you. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm right there with you, Deontay Johnson, for the exact same reasons. I have Deontay Johnson in, I think, all but one of my leagues this year. Uh, I'm not starting him this week because uh, I might be an idiot. That might be why I'm not starting him this week. Um, but I... I just want that. I'm always going to go if I'm putting somebody in a flex. I'm going to always try to have a flex that is a very, very high ceiling. Uh, and Deontay Johnson is exactly that. So that's that's why I got Deontay Johnson. Go ahead, Ian. All right. Well, as we were talking, I just moved Jameson Crowder two more spots up my rankings. But I have Jameson <laughs> Crowder as the absolute man. You need him on every team. Jameson Crowder is what will make your lineup go this season, this week, and for the rest of your life. Get all of the Jamison Crowder you can. Oh I don't my care gosh. who the quarterback is. They could throw Tim Tebow back out there. I don't care. Jamison Crowder is who you need. That being said, I have them five spots apart in my rankings. I have them both in the just outside of wide receiver two territory this week. Um, Deontay Johnson, I love his upside. Uh, it is week one. These rookie receivers tend to come on weirdly even during uh, regular seasons. But Deontay Johnson has all the upside in the world. I have him on a lot of teams too. 
run with Deontay Johnson if you've got him. If you happen to have both these guys, start Jameson Crowder. Start Jameson Crowder over Michael Thomas. I don't care. Start Jameson Crowder. <laughs> but Deontay Johnson's a fine second choice. Wait, I see career, you, career. you believe in Jameson Crowder so much. I see you have him ranked twice in your rankings. At 27 yeah, and at 29. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have this guy here. But we're going to move him down. Can we rewind to our original question? It was Hollywood Brown versus yes. Deontay or versus Devontae Parker. You guys both have Brown ranked higher than Parker, correct? Yes. Indeed. Okay, so I actually switched my rankings earlier, and I do have Parker really? higher. Um, I was researching this question, and I was just re- I based it just off of last year. Um, in two games against Cleveland last year, Hollywood Brown had four catches for 22 yards in the first game and then one catch for six yards in the second game. Um, I think game script is going to favor Parker over Brown. I think the Dolphins will be playing from behind. And last season, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker built an incredible rapport together, and Devontae Parker was a wide receiver one in the second half of last season. Um, and you may be thinking to yourself, oh, but he, Parker will be shadowed by Stephon Gilmore. Um, in week 17 last year, Devontae Parker dominated New England for eight catches and 137 yards. Um, so, yeah, I personally have Devontae Parker higher than Hollywood Brown this week, actually. Did you say week 17? Yes. Throw it out. I don't care. No. Okay, that's normal. <laughs> you would think, but the Patriots needed that game to lock up a bye, and they lost. They so did. it's not yeah. like the Patriots. Patriots were not throwing that game like a lot of you know higher seeded teams do in Week 17. They needed like, they needed to win that game to get the two seed. I'm pretty sure, um, and they lost because Devontae Parker dominated them. Well, let me so, let me argue your Devontae Parker call with with one person, Preston Williams, and it's, it's the same reason that I have Marquise Brown above Devontae Parker. Uh, it does worry me. I know you said. This is the, the typical question somebody's going to throw out. It does worry me that Stephon Gilmore is on Devontae Parker. Um, but I think even more so now that Preston Williams is actually in the offense, um, I think that Preston Williams is going to be open a lot more than Devontae Parker is. And Preston Williams showed us last year that he's a good receiver, uh, especially when he's on the field and he's being targeted by Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that's why I have Marquise Brown higher than Devontae Parker this week uh, is because of Preston Williams. Yeah, I have – uh, Marquise Brown higher this week, but I'm a lot higher on Devontae Parker on the season, actually. Uh, Marquise Brown was one of those guys. He either scored you a ton of points or no points last year, and I think he'll probably be that player for most of his career. I'm not as high as on him as most people are from a career arc outlook, but I do love his matchup this week against a Browns defense in shambles. They've had some secondary guys going down left and right, Delpit, uh, Greedy Williams, guys like that. They're hurting on the back end, and while the Browns defense should have been pretty all right on paper, I love the Ravens to get out to a hot start and just throw deep, deep, deep this week uh, to take advantage of that. Uh, Devontae Parker, I want to like, he's going to get bundled passes. I'm not the hugest Preston Williams guy. Uh, Preston Williams was a lot better with Josh Rosen than he was Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Josh Rosen's no longer the quarterback there. Um, I will take RIP. Uh, Devontae Parker over the rest of the season. But this week, I'm a little worried about that New England defense that was, I think, 31st in points allowed to set, uh, wide receivers last year, they didn't. They were stout most of the time. Devontae Parker did run them up week 17 last year, but it was week one. Things are a little weird. I'm going to side with the upside pick, see if I can get off to a hot start. Yeah, uh, Preston Williams does have me a little down on Parker season long, but 
It's his first game coming off an ACL tear. I want to temper expectations for Preston Williams in week one. I think Parker will get peppered with targets. Um, that's why I do have him higher than Brown. Right there. Ooh. Yeah. All right, well, let's go into the tight end. You got a little extra wide receiver there, everybody. Um, let's go to the tight ends. Uh, these guys are two injury-prone guys. have kind of disappointed in the past few years, but they are extremely, extremely talented at their position. Uh, we're going to go with Hunter Henry, tight end for the Chargers at ECR 6 at Cincinnati this week versus Evan Ingram at ECR 9, playing at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ian, why don't you start us off with Hunter Henry versus Evan Ingram? Well, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't have a lot of either of them this year, mm-hmm. um, but I especially don't have a lot of Evan Ingram this year. Yep. Uh, the Nate, Nate Solder opted out. They apparently, from all reports in camp, Daniel Jones has been getting run and ragged and hit left and right, even against his own team. Uh, they just can't keep people out of the pocket, and it's not like that defense is a world-changing defense or anything. Uh, Evan Ingram should get a decent amount of run. He averages eight and a half targets a game when he plays, which leads his team when he does play. Uh, but like you said, he's been injured a lot. He has a lot of upside, but I don't actually think he has – he has a lot of athletic upside. I really don't think – he, with the fantasy points he's gotten per game and just general yards per game in his career, he'll ever be able to break into a more than top five at the most. That might be his ceiling, and that's just on a pure receptions basis, which is kind of what you need at tight end. But he's not one of those guys that could win you a league at tight end. He's one of those guys that could keep you afloat. I'll take Hunter Henry. Tyrod Taylor is not going to throw the ball deep. He is a very conservative quarterback. Hunter Henry has had his own injury woes, to be fair, but... They are much more likely to give him passes because Tyrod Taylor is just going to try and not throw the ball into other people's hands. And I don't think Mike Williams is going to be getting open that much. Um, I don't think he's Tyrod Taylor's cup of tea. So give me Hunter Henry as that bigger safety valve for Tyrod Taylor against a porous uh, Bengals defense with like five rookie linebackers or something like that. I think he'll eat through the middle of the field this week. Matt, what about you? Um. You know, Ian, you might have just swayed me um, to move Hunter Henry over my rankings over Evan Ingram. But I was on Ingram um, coming into this, so I will stand firm. I think a couple of reasons. I think Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. Um, Daniel Jones may be running for his life behind a bad offensive line. But I will think he will need to get the ball out quickly, and Evan Ingram could benefit from that, along with Saquon Barkley. Um, I've been talking about this, I think, with every non-quarterback player i think game script is going to benefit everett engram as well i think the chargers could potentially get up big on the bengals early um but the giants will be chasing points they'll be chasing the Steelers. i think evan engram could be a garbage time monster um last season evan engram was on pace for 136 targets so he is could be a focal point of this giants offense um golden tate is banged up he would be occupying a similar space of the field as evan engram so if Golden Tate doesn't play, that should open up some more targets, some more space for Evan Ingram this week. Um, I have Ingram ranked as my number six tight end. It might move him down a little bit because they're playing the Steelers, but I am a fan of Ingram season long. I think he's a crazy good athlete, um, wide receiver metrics. Um, if he plays, I think he will play a lot more slot receiver than tight end, I think. So, yeah, give me Ingram this week. Screw you, Ian. <laughs> I'm right there with Matt. I'm gonna. I got Ingram at six as well, and I'm not moving him at all. I'm keeping him there for all the same reasons. Uh, especially, I'm monitoring the Golden Tate situation. 
um, a lot. If Golden Tate is out, I might move him up to five even. Um, but I, I really, I'm a big believer, especially in what Matt just said, that Daniel Jones is going to be running for his life all game long. And when a quarterback is running for his life, it's been proven that the two people he looks at are his uh, his running back right outside and uh, the short middle of the field tight ends. Um, and Ingram is going to eat it up right there. And I think if there is a garbage time, like Matt said, um, Ingram can be a monster. And on top of all that, Ingram's one of the few tight ends that really has the ability to just make this monstrosity of a play uh, and outrun some defensive backs because he's so fast. He's an athletic freak. So I got Ingram uh, at six, maybe five, if Golden Tate is out, um, over Hunter Henry. Man, that's wild me. I have Hunter Henry eighth, and I have him four spots above Evan Ingram at number 12. Wow. I feel Evan Ingram is a starter this week. I will avoid him if I can. If you're streaming tight ends, you're not going to drop Evan Ingram, but I'm at the point where you might even look into starting someone who might be on the waiver wire over that's crazy. I love yeah, Connor Henry, too. He's that a Razorback. Disres- that is incredibly disrespectful, and I feel like Jameson Crowder is paying you to say that. <laughs> Jameson Crowder is better than Evan Ingram. Jameson Crowder's catches it will be higher than the number of catches Evan Ingram gets plus the number of sacks the Steelers get this week. Your firstborn godfather is going to be Jameson Crowder. Yes, I'm okay with that. I'm going to call my girlfriend after this and let her know. Jamison Crowder Black will be your first son's name. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Right in stone. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, uh, well, let's jump into our last little part of this episode. Let's do some rapid-fire week one picks. Um, if you look on the doc, I'm going to read it out anyways. But I've got the spread. who you think is going to win the game, or you can call who you think is going to win the game by that spread. Um, so let's go with the first one. we got Texans with a plus nine at the Chiefs minus nine. Over-under is a 54.5 point. I think that's – well, I'm pretty sure that's the highest of the week. What do you guys got? Hey, uh, on, you kind of cut out there, so I missed the rules. Yeah, hold on just a second. Sam, can you go back and uh, re-say that for everybody listening? We didn't hear anything you said. You just came back with the Chiefs. Yeah, oh, you really? cut out for me too a little bit, Sam, if you want to repeat what oh. you said. My bad, yeah. What was the last thing you heard me say? You came back You came back in, and um, all we heard was something about Chiefs minus nine or something like that. You know, producing work is hard, but, you know, I am here. Just re-explain the whole uh, rapid-fire thing. I think when this all about. Okay, I'll do that. Hey, well, let's go ahead. Let's jump into our last segment of the episode. Let's get some rapid-fire week one picks. Wow. Uh, We'll have the spread and the over-under on here. You can choose to take both or either, uh, but you have to choose a winner. Uh, Number one, let's go Texans plus nine at the Chiefs minus nine with an over-under 54.5, which is the highest of the week. Matt, who do you got? Yeah, give me the Chiefs minus nine, and I'm taking the over. I think offenses are going to be way ahead of defenses in week one. Um, Mahomes may throw for seven touchdowns against this Texans defense. Goodness gracious, that's so true. Ian, what about you? I got the over in the Chiefs. Texas defense can't stop anybody. Pat Mahomes is a world changer. Give me the overs. And I am saying the exact same thing. Chiefs minus nine. Can I make a bet about the Chiefs hitting the over by themselves? (laughs) Plus two uh, with an over under 49. 
Sam, we're getting some technical difficulties with you, with your mic. It sounds like you're going in and out of a tunnel. Yeah, I can. I did not hear anything you said. Just send yeah. Sam. Yeah. Do you guys have any of the information for everybody listening? Or is he the only one with the info? No, I've got it. I've got it, yeah. Um, yeah. Seahawks minus two at the Falcons over under a 49. Ian, what are you thinking for this one? Um, I'm going to take the Falcons. Uh, give me the two points on them, and I'll take the over on this game as well. I think this is my dark horse to actually be the high-scoring game of the week. I love – they're going to let Russ cook this year, please, hoping. Uh, the Falcons are going to absolutely air the ball out this year. I'm ready to see those teams put up some points. Did you say you're, you're taking the Falcons plus two? I am. Okay, I will take the Seahawks minus two then. Um not because you're taking the Falcons. I was going to say Seahawks minus two regardless. I love the Seahawks this year. I'm all in. I think Jamal Adams um, is going to be a, obviously a fantastic addition to their already solid defense. Um, I really am hoping that they let Russ cook. But if they don't let Russ cook in week one, Chris Carson could have 150 yards on the ground against the Falcons. So, yeah, give me the Seahawks minus two in Atlanta. Sam, are you back yet? No, I think he just texted and said his Wi-Fi is out. Okay, sick. Um, Ian, let's finish this out. Browns plus eight at the Ravens, over under 48 and a half. What do you got, Ian? Uh, I'll take the Ravens, eight points. I know that's a lot, but I'll take that. I don't have an opinion on the over under. I think I'll stick with just. Give me the Browns plus eight. They, uh, I think the Ravens win outright, but I think it's a close game. Browns played the Raven. Browns beat the Ravens once last year. Played them close in the other game. Um, I think I could be wrong about that, but yeah, give me the Browns plus eight. That's, I think that's a lot early on in the season. I'm a little bit higher on the Browns. I think we were a year late on predicting their breakout. So yeah, give me Browns plus eight. Um, go ahead. I said, I don't hate it. I like, I'm higher on the Browns this year than most. I like them. Cool. Uh, Saints minus three and a half against the Buccaneers over under a 49 and a half. Ian, what do you got? I'll take the Saints. Give me those three and a half points on them. And I it might be a, I'm going to take the under on this game, <laughs> which might be kind of wild. Um, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, two world changers. Uh, but I'm going to take the under this week. There's some injuries going around those teams, older quarterbacks. I think they're going to might play it a little safe week one. I'm going to I'm going to take the under for fun. Yeah, I'll take the Saints minus three and a half also. And I think. I think the Saints win this game by double digits against the Buccaneers. Um, I've been screaming it for the last week. Continuity is going to uh, is going to win out. Um, the Saints are. I'm pretty sure the Saints are returning the most snaps out of any team in the league, other than the Bills. Other than the Bills from last year. Um, so yeah, give me the Saints. Actually, pretty big. No opinion on the over under. I would probably bet the over though. Um, Cowboys minus three at the Rams. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, we talked on Monday about how much we love the Cowboys this year, but I'm also big on the Rams. Um, I think if they can sort out some of the offensive line problems that they had last year, that they can return to the offense of 2018 that they had. Um, I love their talent on offense. I don't love Jared Goff as a NFL quarterback, but... I think that if the offensive line gives him time, he is good enough to make the throws that he needs to to beat the Cowboys in week one. Man, when we all said Cowboys in the Super Bowl, I knew we were all wrong instantly. But I'm going to write it till it ends. I'm taking Cowboys minus three. I'm taking the over. Cowboys are going to absolutely run this season. I'm all about it. 
I'm a little worried with Travis Frederick retiring and Lael Collins being hurt. Um, that's definitely some very valuable snaps they're going to have to replace. Um, might take them a week or two to figure that out, uh, maybe even longer. But I think talent and Kellen Moore's mind went out with this team. Uh, I'm taking them. I am not too low on the Rams this year, though. I think they're going to bounce back a little bit. I think Sean McVay is too smart of a guy just to roll over and let this team fall apart. Yeah, I don't feel great about picking the Rams plus three, but I mean, I think it will be a close game. I think the Rams do pull it out. Um, last one we got on the board, I think it's Titans at Broncos. I think this one is a pick now that Von Miller is hurt. But yeah, Ian, what do you got? Titans at Broncos on Monday night. Yeah, I think the Titans might even have a point and a half now. Um, but I'm taking the Titans anyways. Uh, the Broncos with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller hurt. They still have a fine defense other than that, like good defense. But uh, Derrick Henry is going to really open up. Ryan Tannehill with time is like a Hall of Fame, like world-changing <laughs> quarterback. He literally was the greatest fantasy quarterback of all time once he took over as the starting quarterback last season. Um, I don't think he's going to perform at that level again this year. But Ryan Tannehill with time and with a running game is very dangerous, which I think is all they need. Uh, it's kind of gross, but I think I'm going to take the over because of the relative track meet to the slug fest it could have been otherwise with a little stronger defense yeah <laughs> ryan Tannehill with time is the new greatest quarterback to ever walk the earth yes. um so yeah give me tight give me the titans also um not a huge believer in drew lock and the broncos as an nfl quarterback um i don't know if, i don't know if drew lock is going to be able to lead the broncos to wins um but yeah give me the titans Big fan of Derrick Henry this year. I have been a Ryan Tannehill believer since he was in Miami. I actually texted a friend, I think it was in 2017, and I said, hey, I'm kind of sneaky in on Ryan Tannehill's MVP odds. Um, so, yeah, always been a Tannehill believer. Give me the Titans to go into mile high and win. Also taking the over. I'm going to try to – I would take every over this week. Um, like you said, Ian, the lockout season, offenses were way ahead of defenses. Um, and I think that's going to be the case in 2020 also if this coronavirus ridded offseason. Sam, are All you right, I got one hypothetical us? for you uh, before we're done. Ian, Ian, I think Sam's back with us. Sam? Okay, cool. Uh, I had just muted, and I was just going to let them finish it out. Oh, just, all right. Well, hey, welcome back, man. We, we're excited to have you back. <laughs> all right, Ian, what's your hypothetical? I'm curious. My hypothetical, Ryan Tannehill with time plus Jameson Crowder equals Super Bowl. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill with time plus Jamison Crowder equals a poor man's Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I'll say it. Someone yeah, has to. That, that, is, that is a Super Bowl right there. If the Jets were smart, they would trade Sam Darnold in the house for Ryan Tannehill right now. <laughs> that is a Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Go. Um, cool. I think Sam is back, but I'm going to close that anyways. Hey, thanks for joining us. Um, be on the lookout for our next podcast. Go to myfantasyfootballpodcast.com to check out some articles that myself and Ian and Sam are trying to pump out a couple of times a week. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Alkiza FFB. Ian is Ian B underscore FFB. And Sam is Sam FFB. Thanks again for joining us. We're excited that we get to do this. We're excited that y'all are listening. Take it easy. Long live Jameson Crowder, baby.